Welcome to the Atomic Podcast. Today we're definitely going to talk about the whole Ronda Rousey, Holly Holmes fight, which was excellent. Um, I'm going to get into that right now with my guest Conrad Thompson and we're going to break down the fight. Definitely talk about everything Ronda Rousey, Holly Holmes in this UFC discussion. So, D.L. Manolo, play that theme Play that theme for me. Play that theme for me. Produced by the E, the HNIC, repping New York City. Live and direct, cause he always come correct. When he does an interview, it makes the streets all connect. He stimulates the brain, your mobile device. And what he smash like the Hulk when he claps you with advice. It's all about the news when he drops and beats home. So pay close attention, shit's about to explode. Intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast, coming to you live from the Upper West Side, New York City, where we blow up the news on a verbal scale. My name is Ephraim Guzman, and my guest today, he's back once again. He is the second richest man in Huntsville, Alabama. Ladies and gentlemen, let me give it up for the one and only Mr. Conrad Thompson. Conrad, welcome back to the show, man. How's everything going? I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me, but don't believe the hype. Rick exaggerates. Of course, of course. You know, he's got to put you in a nice, good light. But, you know, who knows? Probably you are the second richest man in Huntsville, Alabama. You're just trying to lie to the fans, you know? And, you know, since um, I, I kind of won that bet, I think you owe me at least $100. So I'm just waiting for that for Western Union. I'm sure $100 is not going to disrupt your lifestyle. No, that's fair. Um, I don't know how to send the Western Union, but I'll figure that out. <laughs> no problem. Let's just get right down to the UFC fight between Ronda Rousey and Holly Holm, where I think probably um, it was a very intense fight. And um, I, I think, I don't know, I think everybody was watching this because even people who are not UFC fans know about Ronda Rousey. No, I mean, I agree. It's, it's one of those deals where um, people who even are, are really just kind of... Um, Armchair fans at best, you know, just really casual fans of MMA have an interest in Ronda Rousey. Uh, I had folks from all over come to my house to see the pay-per-view. I had one guy drop almost two hours to watch the pay-per-view. And, uh, he, he doesn't come over to the other UFCs, but whenever Ronda Rousey fights or Floyd Mayweather fights, it's appointment television. So she had that next level drawing ability. And I don't think that that's necessarily going to hurt her, uh, this loss, uh, as a draw. Because I think when they do the, the return, they do the rematch, they'll have plenty of time to promote it and give all the reasons why she lost and her do some great promos to build hype and generate interest in the fight, which Holly didn't do a great job of prior to this. And they'll do even bigger business the second go around. But all of my friends who are really kind of in the know of MMA said as soon as they announced this that Holly Holm would win uh, unless she, you know, gave her, for some reason, gave in to Ronda's game plan and allowed Ronda to get her in a clinch. But when that didn't happen, uh, everybody in my house kind of thought it was probably just a matter of time before she got hurt. But I don't think anybody expected the domination the way it actually played out. I know it was it was it, you know it was like caught off guard because I automatically assumed that she was going to beat the girl in like 45 seconds and you know Holly's credentials are outstanding from you know winning 
um, a boxing title. Been in the boxing game for a long time, and you know, two sports athlete before. I was just caught off surprise because you know, you know, we get caught in the hype. I think everybody gets caught in the hype of the Ronda Rousey hype, and you know, her her mystique is. I definitely could compare it to like a Brock Lesnar type, where he came into UFC and he had this hype surrounding him, you know. But Ronda was different because she was undefeated for quite some time, and it's just crazy because now there's a lot of memes, a lot of hateful memes on her. And, and saying that she wasn't humble and she got humble, like, you know, she's an athlete, you know, you know, and people put her on a pedestal, you know, she's not working for Sprout TV, she's not a, you know, she's not a role model per se where she doesn't speak in schools or anything like that, she's an athlete, she's a fighter, you know, and, you know, of course you're going to have swag and confidence if, you know, you're undefeated and, you know, you're taking names and cashing checks, you know, like, you know, she's getting all this hatred around the, the internet and stuff, um, what's your, what's your take on that? exactly true um, she's still getting paid i'm no um mma expert per se it looked like she was ready to kick some ass but it's like the minute you know she got nailed with a few shots it like it just it just took her off her game plan i think tyson said it best he had, i think he said that quote where you know you have a plan until you get hit in the face you know and i think the minute she got hit and it shocked her she's like oh shit you know what the hell happened you know i think that just took her off her game plan but you know, you know, she tried to come back, but you know, you know, credit to Holly Holmes, she had a game plan. Her coaches had had Ronda Rousey scouted out for, I guess, you know, for months, and you know, she, you know, she had, she, you know, she she knew where she was going to come from. She, you know, she spinned around so she wouldn't get caught in a submission, like, and you know, Holly Holmes had that had that um um reach advantage as well. Well, John is a kickboxing expert. He comes from a kickboxing background, so he knows how to speak her language. versatile she was 
just be unconventional. You know, she would just full-on charge somebody, and as they reacted, they would invariably make a mistake that would allow her to grab them. And she was so much physically stronger as far as knowing how to use her muscles and use her uh, leverage. And that's what she learned in judo. So it would seem like there's no way she can get a throw from here, and she would. And once she could actually get them to the ground, she did very well at transitioning to the armbar. And we almost saw an armbar in round one where, you know, she was susceptible to that. And had she gotten her leg over her face instead of her right leg over her face instead of behind her head, this would be a totally different fight, and she would have had an armbar because nobody's getting out of that thing if she doesn't want you to. So I don't think it's necessarily that she started with a game plan and then got punched and realized, hey, that ain't gonna work, or uh, and forgot everything. Mm -hmm. I think she was arrogant enough to think, hey, I'll just get in there, take a couple of shots, and then grab her and do my thing. I did see something coming into the fight, though. They did a piece called UFC Embedded, and they do this for any of their big-time pay-per-views. But they give you like an hour, maybe a half hour, into the training camp, so they interview all of the trainers, and just kind of give you a look into their camp as to what to expect and how they're preparing for the fight and why we as buyers care. And one of the things that I thought was really just crazy is her manager, who she's probably about to part with, uh, her mom has been very, very, or trainer rather, her, her uh, mom has been very critical of her trainer recently, uh, posting stuff online and really saying some derogatory things. And then it just came out that he files what looks like to be a BS bankruptcy just to dodge some creditors. So he's got like this black cloud around him. Either way, on this video, he says, people are worried, or I think we should be worried about Holly's stand-up. I think Holly should be worried about Rhonda's stand-up. And I know that maybe that was just, you know, puffing your chest out just to talk trash. But if they really thought that Rhonda, who's only been training boxing for a handful of years, could compete with someone who's been doing it for nearly two decades, that's silly. And if that was really a thought, even for a second, that, oh, she's so much more powerful or she's so much faster, that that could overcome four times the amount of experience, that's just silly. That's not the way it works in boxing. It's about angles and distances. And, and, and Ronda doesn't have, you know, the background that Holly Holm did. So if you're going to play into someone's strengths like that, it's usually not going to end up, you know, going your way, which is what always kind of cracked me up over this last year when people have this ridiculous argument of, hey, who would win in a fight? Floyd Mayweather or Ronda Rousey? That's the silliest thing I've ever heard. Floyd Mayweather wins and knocks her out every time. And that's not because he's, you know, smaller or because he doesn't normally knock out men. But if you're going to put four-ounce gloves on him, he knows angles. He knows the sweet science of boxing, as they say. And he has about fist speed, hand speed, fast enough to knock anybody out. Of course he would knock out Ronda Rousey. Everybody knows that now. But over the last year, I was surprised how many times I came up online. Who would win? That's silly. Floyd Mayweather wins every time. Yeah. Floyd Mayweather missed a, a hit, and Ronda Rousey just grabbed him and put him in the arm bar. That's it for Mayweather, you know. But I think, but yeah, but you're right. If she did get hit with one of his 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 right hands or his right hook, you know, she'll go down for the count, definitely. But, but again, if you get a miss, if you've seen any of his fights against professional boxers who have been boxing their entire life, guys who are 25, 30 years old, who have been boxing since they were six, and this is what they do for a living, and this is all they've ever done and all they've ever known, and they've done it from the minute they wake up so they go to bed seven days a week, 365 days a year, if you 
can hit those guys and not miss at the rate he does, he's going to hit Ron Rousey. He's not going to miss. He's going to punch her in the temple, punch her in the nose, punch her in the chin, knock her out, that's it. It's a silly conversation to me. You know, well, it's this, it's that. Well, okay. I mean, you can get into all that. But realistically, it's just a straight-up legit fight in a boxing ring or an MMA ring, and you're allowing him the opportunity to approach her from a distance. We're not starting on the ground. We're all standing starting on our feet. She's getting knocked out, and it's not going to take that long to do. Yeah, I know it's, you know, you know the, the shot that she took from Holly Holm was just, wow, it was, it, it was devastating. It almost, like, you know, it, it, you know it, it cracked the Statue of Liberty almost. It was like if the Statue of Liberty got cracked, you know, everybody was just in shock. And I don't know, like, like the first round, it was like, and, you know, even her corner was telling her, you're doing fine. And, like, no, she was not doing fine, you know. I, I, I just don't get the logic on that. Like, I don't know why... They were just telling her she was okay when, you know, they should have just told her, look, you know, you got to do this, you got to do that. But I don't know. I don't know. They were just giving her false hopes, I, I thought, in her corner. Well, that's the first round she ever lost. So, in yeah. fairness, they probably didn't know what to say. Yeah. Because nobody expected this, them most of all. <laughs> Excuse me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, she's never lost a round before ever. So, they were probably in unfamiliar territory. And they may have known personally that she's not going to respond well to any sort of negative reinforcement. So if they would have said, hey, you're getting your ass beat, you lost the round, you need to step it up. Mm -hmm. On some level, they may say, you know what, she knows that didn't go as according to plan, but us being negative right now doesn't really help anything. You know, I can see later in the rounds where you thought, hey, we're about to lose on points unless you do something here, where you would want to smarten her up, as we say in the wrestling business. But, you know, that's not the case after round one, you know, because at that point, it's just 10-9, Exactly. Like, you know, even seeing her in that spot so vulnerable, like for every undefeated person, there has a, come a time where they will be defeated. But I didn't think the time would have been with, uh, you know, Holly Holm. And Holly Holm has a, a you know, a, and she has an impeccable record. But, you know, in the other fights that she had, she wasn't even dominating in those other MMA fights she was in. You know, like it was it was like really close encounters. But with Ronda Rousey, like, you know, her, her like she it was pitch perfect. Like her plan came together. You know what I'm saying? It just came really you know, she, she had a good coaching, she had, you know, a good team by her side, and, you know, she just looked like a freaking superstar, as, as opposed to her other MMA fights, you know? Hey, so I want to run something by you. Have you, um, have you seen today's episode? We're taping this, uh, I guess it's okay to say, right after Monday Night Raw, the Monday after the Ronda Rousey fight. Did you see the 
Um, I think I see an excerpt of it where he said the the whole fight was was rigged or something like that, right? Is is, is that what you're referring to? Yeah, he got a little bit of heat for saying that it was a work. Yeah. And a lot of folks really started to jump on him saying that, you know, that was too real of a fight, uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But his point was, and it's, it's something worth mentioning, other fights in MMA have been rigged. And we all know that. If you're a fan of, you know, Pride over in Japan, it's become pretty common knowledge that some of those fights were fixed. And Taz points out, uh, not everybody always knows that the fix is in. So both people, both fighters in the ring may not even know. Mm -hmm. So his old school wrestling mentality suggests maybe Ronda needed to do what was best for business, as we say, mm -hmm. and drop the belt on her way out of the territory. Since she was going to be gone making a movie and be gone six or nine months anyway, maybe it was what was best for business for her to drop the belt there. And certainly if she was trying to plan for the end of her career. And I know that sounds crazy to think, well, if you want to lose, why would you plan for the end? Well, because you really want to ramp up your earning potential. At the end of the day, most people who fight aren't fighting because they love it. They're fighting because it's the best opportunity to make the most money. If you just wanted to get into a fight, you can just go down to your neighborhood bar and do that every other day or so until you get arrested, and then it's a whole new thing. But until then, you're good to go. They're doing this because they really are prize fighters, and they're after the biggest prize possible. Well, at the rate Ronda had been cleaning people out, while she was a draw, how do you get to the next level of earnings, how do you go from, let's say, for instance, I don't know the numbers, she was making $7 million a fight. How do you go from 7 to 15 The only way you do that is to have an opponent who has been made, a big-time opponent. Well, who is that going to be? I mean, outside of Holly Holm now, if a week ago, if you would have said, hey, we're going to put together a super fight and draw a lot of interest, really hardcore MMA fans would say, oh, Cyborg. Cyborg lost a fight this year and wasn't even in the UFC. So she's not in the UFC, so she's really not worth talking about. Who in the UFC could you match Ronda up with to go from that $7 million mark to that $15 million mark? Well, unless she loses to someone, that person doesn't exist. They do now. But they didn't just a few days ago. So if Ronda's really trying to look towards the end of her career and maximize the dollars, on some level, I say I agree, because I want to think good of everybody and everything. It was a great business decision, if Taz is correct, and Rhonda knowingly lost the fight. Now, did she expect to have her lips split and have to have plastic surgery? Probably not. But is she going to make more money because of it? Absolutely. So, so like, um, do you agree with that theory, or you could see how that theory could be true, or, like, you know, like, what... What do you say? You say you, you, you sort of like, you could see it, you could see that being possible? I can 100% see, see it being possible. And here's another reason I see it as, as a possibility. It didn't happen in the United States. So there's no Nevada State Athletic Commission, because if this was to ever come out, and the Nevada State Athletic Commission found out, they would be in serious trouble living in the UFC. Mm -hmm. Same thing in California. But it happened in Australia. So... They don't have the same governing bodies, but they don't play by the same rules that the UFC has to here in America. So if this fight happened on American soil, I might say, oh, they never roll the dice. No. But over there, maybe they 
Yeah. Wow, I'm saying I know it's 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 sad, but you you know you're right about that because boxing it's fixed too, you know, and people hate to to say that, but you know there's been a lot of situations where in certain fights, you know, you're like, oh wait a minute, you know what I'm saying? Like what's going on here? Like um like like you know let me just get off the subject and go to Mike Tyson when he lost to um James Buster Douglas. Buster Douglas? Yeah. Do you think do you think that fight was a fix or you just think he wasn't prepared? Well, I think that he wasn't prepared for that one. And I only say that because Tyson's drawing power was never the same until he fought Evander Holyfield. And yes, it started to come down a little bit, but I don't think that would have been the plan. Uh, It was just to me, you know, the timing seems like it was way off right there because he could have went to, he had pending legal stuff right then. He could have did the whole, you know, prison stint and then come out and been a superstar. I don't think it was necessary for him to lose right there. So I think that's maybe a different different situation. Oh, okay, okay, and I'm um, going back to to um, Ronda Rousey. Um, yeah, when Taz said that, you know, it, it's funny because you know that the, the moment he said that, you know, everything you know was like Taz this, Taz said this, Taz said that. You know, like all of a sudden the attention goes to him, and you know the, his 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 whole spiel on it of why it could be fixed and you know this this and that. Like I don't know, like you know Dana seems like a guy, you know that you know. He's not, like, a wrestling guy per se, and, you know, like, I don't know, like, you know, it's like, I don't think he would do that, but then again, you never know, but the way he is about, like, wrestling and everything, like, I just can't, I, I don't know, it's just like, you know, it's like, it, 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 you know, you're telling, like, a little kid, Santa's not real, and he's like, but he is real, but he is, and, you know, it's, it's just hard to right, believe, right, right. you know, it's just hard to believe, though. Yeah, I think Taz is being uh, jumped on here a little unnecessarily. I mean, at the end of the day, we're supposed to, this is what makes sports fun. We're supposed to have conversations. And if we weren't talking about this, what would we be talking about? So, good for Taz for bringing it up and giving us all something to talk about and something else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, what what's what's the future hold for Holly Holmes? What do you think is going to happen with her? You think they're going to give her another fight right away, or you think they're just going to save her for Ronda Rousey? You've got to let her fight, and I would try to set her up with some tin cans or someone he thinks she could beat. The only other name, really, that they could draw money with, even a little bit, I think, is Misha Tate. Yeah. I would go ahead and try to hot shot Cyborg as well and let Cyborg have a couple tune up fights. If she wins those, give her a Holly home and let them really have a cool dynamic because on the off chance that um, Cyborg were to beat Holly home, then when Ronda comes back, Ronda could fight uh, Cyborg for the belt, hopefully win, and then have the rematch with home, and it would be huge. I mean, now you just add to that kitty, as we were saying, of how do you get from one level to the next, income-wise, and I think that would be a perfect plan to do that. Yeah, I think so, too, but I also think that, um, I think they would be afraid for Holly Holmes to fight someone else, because just the simple fact that she could lose, and the money fight is between Rousey and Holmes, so... I don't know, like I like if like you said, like if Holly does fight again, it has to be some like Hammenager, you know, chick, you know, that you know, that's not gonna be that much of a threat to her, but you know, like the money fight where the money's gonna be at is gonna be a rematch, you know. So if she loses it and someone else has the title and someone else fights Rousey, it's not gonna be as much of a draw as it was would it be Rousey and Holmes, right? Well, but see she can always fight home. I don't think the title is necessary. I mean it would be nice if it was a title fight. I don't think it has to be a title fight for people to be interested. Yeah. 
Yeah, I see that. But, um, I don't know, like, you know, Holly, you know, even in the interview, she seemed really humble. She seemed really genuinely happy. And, you know, I guess people fell in love with her, just especially after the two interviews she had. She had an interview with Fox Sports 1, and then she had the interview after the fight. And, you know, she was genuinely emotional about it. So I think she won a lot of fans because of that, because of her, you know, vulnerability and, you know, being gracious, and you know, people say, you know, you, you haven't seen Ronda Rousey. Oh my gosh, yeah. you probably can hear yourself right now. That's not gonna sell any tickets yeah. or interest to anybody. Her being a good person, no one cares. Yeah. I know that sounds really harsh, but at the end of the day, who cares if she's a good person? Is she someone I want to see fight? I don't think she did any herself any favors. I mean, she seems like a really nice lady, but so was my school teachers when I was growing up. I don't want to see them fight in the UFC. We want to see badasses. We're talking about cage fighters. Yeah. And she didn't come off that way, and I don't think that she's going to be viewed as big some badass. But Ronda Rousey was promoted and, and, and positioned to be the baddest woman on the planet. Nobody's going to say that about Holly Holm. She's this really nice lady who beat up the old mean girl Ronda Rousey, yeah. which is cool. But now if you're that white meat of a baby face, you've got to have something to overcome. Like she's got to have some evil villain opponent. They don't really have that right now. So I don't think that America fell in love with her is going to translate to pay-per-view buys the way a lot of people really believe that that's the case. Because you've got to have a strong opinion one way or another. And I think a lot of people are going to like her. But I don't know who's going to love her. And I don't know anybody who's going to hate her. Yeah. No, but, like, you know, what I'm saying is that, you know, even though she won, like, I don't know, like, if you you can look at it online, like, she gained so many fans, and I didn't know there was so much hate for Ronda Rousey like that. I, I didn't realize that people really disliked her, that, you know, people were saying that she got what she deserved, and, you know, she's full of ego, and, you know, this, this, and that. I, like, I, I, was, I was shocked. Like, I, I, didn't even, I didn't even know there was so much hate for the girl, but, um... You know, I'm, I'm saying, like, there's, there's, uh, she's got some kind of a following because, you know, especially after that fight, like, a lot of people want to know more about Holly and, you know, her, you know, her, I think her Twitter followers went up after she won the fight, too. So it's, it's, it's just, it's just crazy how, you know, things can change in a, a matter of a minute, you know, matter of a couple of minutes. Well, but see, here's the thing to me. To me, Ronda Rousey made her. You know, if this was professional wrestling, to make another analogy, she, you know, she's the one, two, three kid, and Rhonda was raised in Ramon. So she made her. The only reason anybody knows or cares or gives a damn about Holly Holm is because she beat Ronda Rousey. Had she beat anybody else, no one would care. Mm-hmm. Because this wasn't her first UFC fight. She had fought several other fights. Yeah. And they were bored fast and snore fast, yeah. and no one cared. She couldn't draw flies if she covered her in poop. Mm-hmm. But because she beat Ronda Rousey, now she's a superstar? No, she's really not. Her next fight's going to be just as boring as the last ones. But hopefully, there'll be wins. And then we'll get back around to this big rematch. And that's where the real money for both of these ladies will be. Yeah, I, I, you know, I definitely can't wait for that. Um, um, going still into UFC, um, when do you think um, CM Punk is going to debut? Like, uh, I know sometime next year, but have you heard anything about um, his debut? Or has it been just silence? I know he's sustained an injury, and I know that he's been making a movie with his wife, AJ Lee, um, from WWE. I don't think that it's a big-time movie. I think it's more of a B-side movie, uh, maybe a straight-to-video or whatever, but I'm sure they're having a good time doing it. I know he's lost a bunch of weight. I know he's uh, training in Milwaukee. I know he has an apartment there, and I know he's doing that full-time, but 
the original plan was for him to fight in November or December of this year. That's probably looking more like March, April, May of next year. Uh, they usually do a really big show in May. I would think they would try to put him there. Um, and ideally, that's where we would see him, you know, May or maybe July. But I think May or July at the absolute latest we'll see him. And I would think they would try to tuck him in somewhere around that UFC 200 number if they could. Yeah. Uh, just because that would be a big one they would pr try to promote. I would expect them to do, uh, if Anderson Silva is ready, I would, I would expect them to try to put Anderson Silva on that. I would expect them to try to put Nick Diaz on that. I would expect them to try to put... Um, I see him talk on that, and, and if they can, assuming everybody's ready and good to go, uh, I would expect Ronda Rousey, Holly Holm to be then. But if, if they can't do that, if that's not the timing they're looking for, they'll probably plop Conor McGregor in there, which would still be a huge draw. Yeah, two hundred is going to be big, but like the you know, like I I probably see them putting like at least two big main events and like you know spread spread out the main events. Like I, I don't think they'll put everything in. 200, even though they, they, you know, they could do that, but I don't see them putting everything in 200, but I definitely could see Ronda Rousey coming back at 200, you know, I think she's gonna film a movie now, I believe, after, I, I don't know exactly when, but I think sometime in a couple of months, right, I think she's gonna film, uh, I think Roadhouse or something like that, so, she's That's gonna, right, Roadhouse 2, she's gonna play the uh, Dolphin character that Patrick Swayze did, uh, in the original, and, and I don't think... Uh, to be clear, I don't think CM Punk will be positioned at all in a main event spot on the pay-per-view. I think he'll be, you know, third or fourth from the top because he's, he's going to be more of an attraction. He's an unproven commodity. Nobody knows. We know what he's going to be as a draw, or we have an idea. But we don't really know, you know, what he's going to be uh, as far as a fighter. And when you go back to UFC 100, it was Brock Lesnar and Frank Mir. It was George St. Pierre. And, uh, Tiago Alves, and it was, you know, uh, Anderson Bisping, and they loaded it up, and it broke all the records. So, I think we could see three pretty big fights, and maybe an Anderson Silva fight on there, maybe a Conor McGregor fight on there, uh, maybe a CM Punk fight on there, maybe a Ronda Rousey fight on there, but three of those four I think are possible. Obviously, there's no spot for all four. Yeah. Getting off the subject of USC and going up to boxing this weekend, the Cotto fight. Um, what's your predictions for um, the Cotto fight? Uh, Canelo wins the decision. I think the first five rounds will be exciting. I think after that, Cotto doesn't want to take any chances and fights a very boring fight for the last seven rounds. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's going to be like the last major fight, you know, for this year, you know, with the Cotto fight, you know. But, you know, I don't know. Boxing kind of fell off now, especially with Mayweather retiring. You know, say so, yeah, there's some there's some good fighters out there, but you know, there's there's no like imposing. There's no like a, there's no you know Floyd Mayweather was like you could say like the Ronda Rousey. He was the one that drew you know the pay per view buys and everything. But I don't see anybody else that way. Do you see anybody that's coming up in the boxing world, if you watch it um, religiously, that could be a main eventer? Uh, I'm really entertained by Adrian Broner. I'm really entertained by Brandon Rios. I'm not entertained by Timothy Bradley. I am entertained by Canelo. Uh, those guys have my attention. Nobody else really does. And I know that, you know, I'll, I'll watch Deontay Wilder because he's from here in Alabama, but mm -hmm. I'm not, like, running out and trying to put tickets to his lights or anything. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, man. And um, I'm going up to the wrestling um, with the passing of Nick Bockwinkle. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys just dying, you know, you know, the age and, you know, everything that's coming on. Um, um, how, you know, did you watch a lot of Nick Bockwinkle's matches? And if you and, and if so, like, you have any favorite matches of Nick Bockwinkle? Or? You know, I, I have to admit, I don't really know a lot about Nick Bockwinkle. I've read a lot about him, and I've seen some old tapes. But I wasn't a huge AWA fan. I know that he was tag team partners with Ric Flair's very favorite wrestler, Ray Stevens. Yeah. When Ric was growing up in Minnesota, he really wanted to, as a kid, go see Ray Stevens wrestle. That's where he stole the upside down, flipping a quarter spot. Yeah. I've heard about Ray Stevens from Rick more than anybody else. Um, and he was tag team partners and champions for a long time with Big Bob Quickle. So I think that's really cool. I know he was really tight with Bobby Eaton. Yeah. Uh, and I know he was Burton's kind of go-to guy for the AWA. So I respect his character and his ring work and the way he carried himself and when he contributed to the business. But I can't say, oh, this was my favorite match. Oh, this was my favorite promo. Yeah. Yeah, he's sort of like, not that he had the same wrestling style as Ric Flair, but promo-wise and everything, he carried himself like a legitimate champion. And, you know, he had a suit. You know, he speak. With a, you know, you speak with, you know, big words and, you know, and he had like the glasses and he was, you know, he sort of had that mixture of like a J.J. Dillon with a Ric Flair. So he had that swag about him and, you know, he had that aura that he was a world champion that when you saw him, you know, like, you know, he meant business at that era. You know what I'm saying? He was perfect for that era, you know, so, um, you know, God, God bless him, you know, he's done a lot for the wrestling business, and he definitely will be missed, and if, you you know, people want to see Nick Bockwinkle, you could definitely go on YouTube, and you definitely could get the, I think it was the um, AWA that the WWE did, um, I forgot the actual title of it, but it's like the history of the AWA, and you could definitely see Nick Bockwinkle in that, and there's some Nick Bockwinkle matches you could definitely check out. Really good. Yeah, I think everybody should, and there's a lot of stuff on the WWE Network, and uh, I'm sure we'll see more and more of that stuff tripping out. And a lot of your favorite wrestlers feel like some of this, and Nick Bonkwinkle is one of their favorite wrestlers, so you can see a lot of the influences on where some of his, well, some of everybody's stuff came from if you sit back and watch some of his stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, Conrad, um, you know, you also are the co-host of Woo Nation. Um, what you got coming up on the show? Tired of those, and you can't ever hear enough of those. 
Rugs, if there's women and there's Rick or there's Rick Flair and the Four Horsemen, count me in, and that's what you can expect to hear this week on Blue Nation on Play That It. Yeah, like you know, uh, I have a suggestion. Um, you definitely could run it by Rick, but if you could get like J.J. Dillon, Barry Windham, Lex Luger, and also Tully Legend, like the whole four horsemen in like a two-parter or a three-parter, and just you know talk about you know the tours and talk about like the wrestling and the hotels, you know, there's so many stories you could get all four horsemen on one podcast. That would be excellent. I like the idea in theory, but I think it would need to be video. Uh, because we've talked about that before, and as it is, Rick talks over guys, and there's just him and a guest. So I can't imagine there being five guys, you know, either on the mic in person or on the phone, and us as listeners being able to make out anything they're saying. I love the idea. I just don't know that we can actually do it. Yeah. Trust me, as a fan, like, they wouldn't even care if Rick is talking over them. Just to get all four of them together, just... You know, like like you said, like you know, podcasting. But I guess everybody has to be in the same room, and so they can, everybody can look at each other and you know feel each other out and talk about it. It would be so. It would be so cool. Absolutely, I totally agree. Um, Conrad, do you have anything coming up in your end, or is there anything you want to promote? Anything you want to say? No, I appreciate you having me the opportunity on the uh, show here. If you want to hear Wood Nation with Rick Flair, it's on a CBS platform called Play.it. So P L A Y dot I T, and right there you'll see Rick Flair. You can just type in Woo or Rick Flair, and it'll pull up. Or if you're on iTunes, it's there. It's also on SoundCloud. Yeah, man, it's, it's everywhere. It's Woo Nation every Wednesday on Play That It from CBS. And I think it's the best wrestling podcast going. We don't really uh, talk a lot about the current products. We don't talk about the weather. We don't talk about what's going on in our real life too much. We go right into, here's a guest. Let's tell old stories. Let's laugh. Let's get out of here. So uh, if you're into old school wrestling stories and you want to hear from the greatest professional wrestler of all time, there's only one place to catch it. It's every Wednesday. Woo Nation on Play That It. Yeah, that's also what I like about it, too, because, you know, you don't really, you know, you're not like WWE, like, all right, we're going to review the pay-per-view and talk about the pay-per-view. It's like you just get down the brass tacks and just whoever's your guest on that, or whoever's your guest on that, you know, on that date, you just talk to the guest and that's pretty much it. There's other podcasts where you can hear results for, let's say, the upcoming Survivor Series and stuff like that, but, you know, it's straight down to business, though. That's definitely, if people want to just, just hear just the interview without, you know, hearing about a pay-per-view, definitely hear Woo Nation. Absolutely. Check it out, man. I appreciate you having me on and I look forward to talking to you again sometime soon. Yeah, not a problem, Conrad, and I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. Have a good one.